Welcome to the Addiction Connection podcast, connecting the hope of the gospel with the heart of addiction. I'm your host, Mark Shaw, joined today by a guy who loves to take over the podcast. People tease me about that, CJ, but it is CJ McMurray. So I'm going to say my co-host today is CJ McMurray. (laughs) Great to be here again. I can't believe people say that. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I take it as a compliment. People are like, I, we're just waiting for CJ to take over. And I say, you know what? He can take over because we're <laughs> friends. You feel comfortable with me. I'm totally comfortable with you. And we're just, you know, zipping through life together. Uh, it's just fun. I, I enjoy it. Um, and so when you take over, you just take over, bro, because you, you got a lot to say. Yeah, yeah. It can be good. That can be bad. Depends on the day. Well, ask your wife. Well, I I asked you to talk about a pretty serious subject, and uh, just because of a lot of the things that will will that are going on in your life that we'll talk about and unpack in a minute. But I thought I would start. There's like there's there's so much in the Word of God that helps us with this topic. And we're going to talk about grief uh, as it relates to addiction counseling. And um, there's just so much in the Bible to, to comfort us, really. And, and I just think about this life is not, you know, our end point. This is a temporary place where we're at, where to populate heaven, so to speak, where to lead people to Christ and, and, um, And then during grief and sorrow and suffering, we're to reflect that uh, our great Savior is worthy. He is good, and he is redemptively bringing good from bad situations. And so that's kind of the topic today. And we'll go all over the place, wherever you want to go, CJ, whenever you take over. But let me read first. I'm going to start in Psalm 31 and just read a few couple verses here, and then I'm going to jump one other place, or maybe two. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. There's just so much in the Bible I want to read. But Psalm 31, verse 9 says, Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. My eye is wasted from grief, my soul and my body also. For my life is spent with sorrow and my years with sighing. My strength fails because of my iniquity, and my bones waste away. So I think about, you know, the relationship between soul and body and and um, and how I love how the psalmists are just very honest about grief and sorrow and, and the fallen world that we live in. And then another place I want to go to real quick, Ecclesiastes 7, verse 2, says an interesting thing. It is better to go to the house of mourning, not mourning like morning, noon, and night, but mourning as in grief, crying, weeping, that kind of thing. It's better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting, for this is the end of all mankind, and the living will lay it to heart. So, CJ, you've been through a lot uh, in the last few months, and... um, and we'll get to Proverbs fourteen thirteen in a minute uh, because it, it really brings hope to all of this. It says, even in laughter, the heart may ache and the end of joy may be grief. So we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute too. But 
just tell our listeners, you just hijack this thing. You're the co-host, so just hijack it. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding around, but tell us a little bit about what's been going on for you. I know it's been very heavy, a lot of the things you've been dealing with. Yeah, there's, I mean, it's, uh, this is, um, it's definitely been one of those seasons where we're just reminded, uh, I'm, I mean, I'm just reminded of the, the frailty of, of being a human being, being mm. mankind. Uh, we don't, uh, as much as I, I think as much, we just, we tend to hang on to everything, the here and now, and we take for granted the the lives that we've been given. And some, and there's just seasons where you really see, uh, just how frail we, I mean, we've had, we've had some, uh, overdoses, some folks, uh, die from, uh, drug overdoses that were close to our church and the ministry at the refuge and, uh, different things. Like we've had some of those types of things that were really heavy and hard and difficult. Uh, we've had, uh, a young godly couple in our church. Uh, well, you know, know them well. They're actually, you know, Ryan is connected to the addiction connection. He's one of our, uh, commissioned, commissioned guys. And, uh, yeah. uh, they lost their, um, little baby Aria, you know, she only made it to 10 days old. And, mm. uh, and that was just heartbreaking because they were so excited about, being, you know, parents. And I mean, they just got married a little over a year ago. You remember that day, don't you? I that do. Was a beautiful day. It was. Yeah. And just, and then just the story of how God brought Ryan and Abby together. And they were so excited to build their, you know, start building their life together. And they were so excited about Aria coming. And then just out of nowhere, uh, she just, there was some complications went in the uh, birth and, and it was really a fight. Even those 10 days was a fight for her just to stay alive that long. And uh, yeah. so just helping them walk through that. And I mean, the church, it's been so encouraging, though, to see the church, uh, really our church here, local church, and really uh, even churches, I mean, Christians from all over the world, people in the, within the Addiction Connection that are connected to Ryan and Abby's family. And it, it's been great to see them come alongside those guys, but it's still been really, really heavy. But, but I know I was sharing with you, I can't imagine, uh, if this would have been Ryan and Abby, you know, a few years ago, uh, mm -hmm. going through this, right. um, it, they, they would have, you know, they, they would have handled it much differently. So just to see them clinging to their faith in Christ, even though they got lots of questions and they're wrestling over a lot of different things and it's difficult, but to see them clinging to him and seeing him hold, you know, watching God hold them fast has been super encouraging and a great reminder of, 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 uh, that this isn't our home and that none of us get to stay here forever. So yeah, those are just a few things. I know. I mean, I could talk about the details and then we had a tornado, uh, recently, uh, come through our area here in Winterset and six people lost their lives officially i think that was the count i believe it could be more i can't remember but i'm pretty sure it was six I and then there were right. lots of other injuries and people lost their homes and i mean it came through in just a matter of seconds and wiped out a whole area and uh that was very difficult on our we're, we're a smaller community so it, it was it was pretty 
it landed on us pretty heavy and uh, it was hard stuff to walk through. But uh, God's, God's been extremely faithful through it all. And lots of people have united. I've watched churches in our area come together and work together in ways that they weren't doing that before. So that, there's definitely been hope through it all, but it's still, it's heavy. I mean, death and grief are, uh, you know, there's, there's just times where, I mean, you and I both know that uh, what's the, the passage that I always think of, but I don't, I'll share this in Romans chapter eight. A lot of times we we think of this Romans eight twenty eight, uh, where it's eight twenty eight through thirty, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of the Son, in order that He might be the firstborn. I mean, many brothers and those whom he predestined, he also called those whom he called. He also justified and those whom he justified. He also glorified. Uh, we, we love that passage as believers, uh, but I don't think sometimes that's not the very first thing you want to say somebody that's grieving. Right. That's right. They don't. That's not always the very first thing they want to hear. Uh, a Roman, because I mean, even though we know it's true. We've sometimes it's just a matter of you just got to weep with those who are weeping, right? You have any thoughts on some of those things that I'm sharing? Yeah, that's it's so good. I mean, I, I think timing is everything, and and that's what you're saying. And I think in biblical counseling, in, in the biblical counseling world, a lot of people view us biblical counselors as just truth tellers just mm. very harsh and direct and that's the truth and suck it up buttercup you know kind of kind of counseling and right. i don't know any biblical counselor who does that i mean the Me people either. that i know are very gracious they're very kind they weep with those who weep and um and they cling and hold on to truth we don't compromise that at all but there's just a way to say it and i i think it's a difference really between public proclamation like preaching of the word versus the personal ministry where you get to be a little more tender and and those things and and mm -hmm. so yeah there's a lot of sorrow in this world but boy we have a lot of hope as believers i like you said about uh Ryan and Abby ha had they been had they been just a few years earlier when they really weren't you know, born again, grounded. walking with the Lord, yeah. grounded wherever, you know, wherever they were spiritually, they weren't in a good place. Uh, I don't know how you survive something like that. You know, I've been fortunate not to have any children die. And, and I know that's God's grace. And mm. uh, we've had some near, near death experiences with all four of our kids, actually. But we, um, but we haven't experienced that grief firsthand and um, and I just don't know even today how I could do it without the Lord. Right. Yeah. Me either. That's just it. And I just I watched them and I was so I mean, there was I won't go into the detail, but there was a point at uh, at Aria, which that was their little girl's name at their funeral where Ryan actually stepped up and to the microphone. And I, I mean, I thought that was just bold in of itself, but one of the first things he said is that we, we know, and we are holding on to the fact that, that even in the midst of this, God is good. God is good. 
you know, and then he, and then he just laid out some things and talking about his, you know, sovereignty over everything. And, but yet you could see that the, he was saying it through tears and through pain, but he was clinging to, you know, the, the God's promises. And that just makes me think of Psalm 11950 that says, this is my comfort in my affliction that your promise gives me life. Mm. So I just, I love that verse so much because it's not that our afflictions are comfortable in this life. The things that come our way that, that especially when it comes to death and grieving and working through that stuff, it, it's not comfortable, but what does bring us comfort comfort is that God's promise gives us life and that we know we can trust that he's good and we can trust that he, his eternal plan, uh, we just don't have the full scope of that and don't understand. And there's just some things we're never going to understand on this side of heaven, uh, you know, and, and hopefully that's the case that it's this side of heaven, because if, if we're only living for this life, what, you know, uh, and thinking this is the best we're going to get and we're going to, you know, and we're not right with Jesus, then what, what awaits us on the other side is even is, is, is so much worse than even our hardest day in this life. You know, it's sad. The people that are just living for this life. I mean, and and you mentioned this before we started recording, but uh, the last couple of years, people have just been living in in the fear of death. I mean, they are so afraid of dying or causing someone's death. And, you know, I just take great comfort in realizing God holds life in his hands. I can't do anything, you know, if. I can't change his plan. You know what I mean? Right, um, right. And so I just see people trying to change God's plan and avoid death or, you know, or and, and I'm not saying live crazy, you know, jump off a cliff or something. <laughs> not that. But uh, people are, are just think they're in control of this. And this life is, is but a vapor. I mean, you and I are alive right now at the time of this recording, but... You know, who knows? T- tonight, tomorrow, that may be the end for us. We we don't know. So um, we, we've got to live in light of eternity. And, um, Amen. And that's what all this stuff kind of does to us. You know, in, in Psalm 31, real quick, I read I read the, um, the honest part where David is crying out to God. But then he, he says later on in verse 14, but I trust in you, O Lord. I say you are my God. Mm. And, he, and he, he makes some other faith statements about, in verse 19, Oh, how abundant is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you and work for those who take refuge in you in the sight of the children of mankind. And then he says in verse 21, Blessed be the Lord, for he has wondrously shown his steadfast love to me when I was in a besieged city. And so mm-hmm. he just he he just puts his focus on Jesus Christ and um and I and I just think that's so important. And there's Ryan, a young man, newly married, having to bury his daughter, uh, a baby that just lived ten days, and um and stands up and just like the psalmist says, Blessed be the Lord. I mean, essentially. Yeah. And he gives and he takes away, you know, and that's the hard yeah. reality. But boy, yeah, like you said, and I just, I was just doing some reflecting even on this whole matter of death and grief and just reflecting back to when I was a young man and how I, 
you know, how I handled death and grief as a, as a non-believer, as a, I remember, I mean, it was devastating. I remember when I lost, you know, a, a good, good friend when I was, I think I was like 11 and he was like nine or 10 and got killed on a three-wheeler or four-wheeler accident. Oh, and he, yeah. and that was just, oh, it was devastating. And then there's, you know, like grandparents and different, you know, things like that, that uh, along the way. And it was always so oof, heavy, you know, there's just such a heaviness uh, and, and it just seemed, I didn't, there wasn't really much hope other than I would hear. Uh, I mean, every funeral I went to as a young kid, even though I wasn't, a Christian, uh, every funeral I ever remember going to, everybody said, we'll, we'll see them again in heaven. And I don't know that that was always the case. Uh, cause ever, you know, I mean, I think, right. Uh, there's, there's just, I mean, you and I both know that it's not, uh, you don't just, it's not automatic that when you die, that's where you go. It depends on where you're at with, with Christ. Amen. And, uh, and I think though there, but there was this understanding that I had that, well, I guess, you know, that was my only comfort is that maybe I'll see him again someday, even though I didn't have a relationship with Christ, but there was a sort of false hope in a sense, you know, it was really sure. kind of a false hope and it didn't really have much of a foundation. Um, and so it was really, uh, it was just difficult throughout my life as I'd lose other friends, as I got into, you know, my struggles with drug and alcohol addictions. And I just found that I would turn more. And I think a lot of folks do this. Uh, in dealing with death, they they turn to drugs or alcohol or or whatever. They just turn to something, a broken cistern of some kind that this world has to offer and to try to find an answer and find relief. And they, you're not going to find it in the bottle. You're not going to find it in a, in a drug because that's not where it's at. You're just going to drowned in your sorrows and create more problems is what's going to happen. But, and so like, how do I, death is still, this is what I want to say, I guess, before I ramble too long, but uh, as a Christian, uh, my whole, per now it's still really difficult when folks die. And especially, it's especially difficult when folks die. And I, and, and, and they, as far as I know, unless something happened that I'm unaware of, it's really difficult to see when people die in their sins, when they, and they die without Christ, knowing Christ, that's even more difficult to watch. But I, so, but I understand that here's the, the, I heard this quote and it stuck with me for a long time, a few years, probably 10, 15 years ago. And it says, uh, death is a problem and so is sin. Jesus Christ came down from heaven and solved both of them. And <laughs> I just love that because mm -hmm. it's, it's such a simple, straightforward, but so the, the implications uh, here are so, so profound. I mean, it is, death is an inevitable, it's a hard reality of life, but it's inevitable. I mean, it stares us in the face and it reminds us, you, you said at a funeral, there's a reminder for all of us that we cannot stay here forever. We can't, none of us. So right. it's an in inevitable reality that we're all going to face. And it's at times it's, I mean, it's gut wrenching and it's heartbreaking, but it's a consequence of the fall of mankind. You know, it it's a problem. Death is a problem and it touches every part of creation and it touches every crevice of the human heart. Um, you know, and the Bible tells us that, the underlying problem that we have, like the underlying problem is, is the sin problem. That's why we have the problem of death. 
So sin is really the the main issue. And, and so that's where, I mean, I, I know I'm going to, I'm, feel like I'm preaching now a little bit, Mark, but, <laughs> but, but sin, sin, sin severs our relationship with God. God is holy and we are not. And, and there's a chasm that exists between our sinfulness and God's holiness. And, and that chasm is immeasurable. And I don't think we think about that a lot, but sin isn't some, just something that we do. It's a part of who we are as when we're born into this world, ever since the, the fall, uh, we've had this problem, Adam and Eve sin, and every, every person that's been born since then has had this problem. And the Bible's clear. We are all guilty, all of sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the end result, the consequence of our sin problem is death. And that this is the problem that we're, you know, we're talking about now. It's like, we're all very aware. We've had people die. We're, you know, we've, you know, we've seen it, we've been close to it and it's coming for us. Um, so it seems hopeless in a lot of ways when you think about that death as being a problem and sin being a problem. And it would be hopeless if it wasn't for what? Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. solved them both. You know, you heard that. I wish, let me, I, I could turn to a really, one of my favorite, have I ever told you one of my, yeah, you probably heard me quote this one. Romans 5, 6 through 11. Can I read that? Yeah. See, I'm hijacking it. This is why people <laughs> say this. This is you've it's been confirmed. Romans, I get excited. I can't help it. Romans 5, verse 6 through 11 says this. For while we were still weak, at the mm. right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person. Though perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. And more than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have all now received reconciliation.